0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in beautiful Vienna, Austria, Oh, the lucky places I get to be, with a very special guest by the name of Pal Nayashi. Pal, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready and able. All right. Well, we're going to have some fun because what you're doing and what has come out of the pandemic has been something very delightful. But before we get into that, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, pal?
1: There's a a non-automobile aspect of me. For five years, I have operated a small private learning group in Hungary which is sort of like an alternative school without being an actual school.
0: Wow. Well, I want to learn a little bit more about this. We'll dive into this when we start talking about your career path and this new publication, but that sounds fascinating. So keep that thought. Let me give you a proper introduction and then we'll dive into your story. Pál Neyashi came up with the idea for a new magazine last year in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Due to the situation, a lot of great projects were either canceled or delayed, as we all know. Photographer Meyer sent Powell some great photos of a stout scarab to be used in a Hungarian classic car magazine. And these photos inspired Powell for the idea of a new quarterly magazine that he titles Rare and Unique Vehicles, which aims to show and interpret the rarest and the most unique vehicles from the world of classic motoring. Powell called on historians, restorers, collectors, and other people he knew in the vintage car world worldwide to write for this new magazine. Each issue focuses on a central theme, followed by a few anniversary-related features, and what he calls a spin-the-globe section, which is a unique column featuring unusual and interesting cars, motorcycles, trucks, buses, and other various transportation vehicles from around the world. Uh, the first issue came out in December of 2020. I just wanted to also mention that our past Cars yet cast Ken Gross, which all of us in the car world know, I wanted you to hear a quote he said when he got his copy of Rare and Unique Vehicles. Just when you think you've seen it all... In the wonderful world of old cars and motorcycles, along comes something totally different. Indeed, we'll be back in just a minute to talk with Pal, but first a word from our valued sponsors, so sit tight, we're about to go on a very rare and unique vehicle's ride. We'll be right back. Summer's here. Thank goodness. And that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles. And I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, their premiere Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts, too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code ya Y-E-A-H 21 Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right. 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code yeah21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company. And I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework. I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number 1 for collectors all right pal so we're back so what i'd love for you to do is start with maybe give us a little background about you because you currently reside in austria uh, but you mentioned getting involved in uh, the history of hungarian motoring and what you're doing there you're also uh, been involved with a concord in hungary uh, and i'm going to butcher this but it's the balaton fjord how do you say that (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's at the Balaton Lake. It's called the Balaton Fured Concours d'Elegance.
0: There you go. Much better than my Hungarian. Uh, And also, you've received the St. Christopher Merida Cross from the Hungarian Automobile Club. I mean, you've been involved in automobiles for a long time. So give us a little kind of a brief history view, and then we're going to dive into Rare and Unique Vehicles magazine.
1: Thank you. Actually, this year, it's the 30th anniversary that my first article was published. I was 17, and uh, I, as many young boys, I was interested in cars. The problem behind the Iron Curtain was that we did not have a lot of exciting cars. We had a lot of Lada and uh, Trabant and Skoda cars. So when I was uh, like 7 or 8, we looked uh, the nearby hotel where all the guests came from Germany and Austria uh, with uh, very interesting cars. So that's when I got my first impression of uh, exciting cars. Mm -hmm. And then when I was uh, 14, my parents brought home a lot of Japanese uh, brochures, car brochures. They took a trip to Japan and they brought home a lot of brochures and, and actually when I was 14, I just try to write an article about these japanese cars i was so young and it's it's a good thing that this article is not around anymore
0: <laughs> you got to start somewhere pal
1: <laughs> yeah i was but at the age of se- by the age of 17 i i discovered history mm. and i was mesmerized by automobile history i went to munich to germany to do some research and study at the Deutsches Museum. They have a wonderful library. I spent uh, two weeks there. And uh, I learned a lot of things. And uh, that's when I submitted my first article, which was the history of Durkop, which was a small German brand at the beginning of the 20th century. And it got got published. And I was very happy about that. That was 1991. And uh, then I... From 92, I started writing about new cars. Then in 97, I got an offer that I can be an editor of a classic car magazine in Hungary. And it was a very exciting opportunity. My ideas were absolutely not in line of what the publisher had in mind. But uh, together, we did uh, 14 uh, beautiful issues. And then... Something absolutely different came. So for the next 10 years, between the year 2000 and 2010, I was writing some, I was doing some books, some, but nothing very serious. Then in 2010, I got another offer uh, to be a lecturer at a Hungarian uh, university on Hungarian and international automobile industry history, the mm-hmm. history of automobile Worldwide, mm-hmm. because I did an automobile encyclopedia in 2006, which was a 400-page book, and it was very, very seed So I started giving lectures, and that made me realize that this is something I really enjoy besides writing and researching. And in 2013, I enrolled in the School of Museum Studies at the University of Leicester, and I did my PhD on the history of automobile museums in Germany and Austria. While I completed my thesis, I started a lot of things related to museums. I became an advisor to a private museum in Hungary. I started doing the Concours d'Élégance because it also helped understand various uh, methods of dealing with classic cars. You can look it as an object of national identity, as an ob- object of industrial prowess, and so on. I would not like to go into that because the thesis is 286 pages.
0: <laughs> yeah, we may run out of time.
1: <laughs> we, 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 yes. So, But the thing is that with, with that, with the museology thesis, mm-hmm. it enabled me to go to conferences I got to meet a lot of wonderful people, and because of my writing career to various Hungarian outlets, I also got to uh, meet a lot of, and contact a lot of uh, interesting people in the classic car world. So I would say that uh, in the last uh, five, six years, an international network appeared, just it's, it's uh, emerged from all these discussions, and... Uh, Two years ago, in 2019, there were some great discussions about uh, book deals and being an archivist in Germany for a collector and that sort of thing. So exciting project. Then came 2020 and it all came to a screeching halt. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows that. So... Last September, I was uh, sitting in my car and I was thinking that I will probably go stir crazy if I don't do something creative. And uh, Gabor just sent me these beautiful pictures of the stout scarab. Uh, I was just talking to an English friend of mine who was doing some wonderful stuff uh, on uh, uh, an app called Readly where you can subscribe and read a lot of magazines digitally. And it just uh, occurred to me that, okay, let's try something radically different. And um, I spoke to a few people subsequent weeks, and uh, by the beginning of October, we had some articles, we had some finances in place, and... uh, the idea was to do a digital magazine, but then I asked the people that if I can reach a financial goal, then I can print the magazine. And within two weeks, I had enough subscribers to print the first issue. Wow. And, and uh, from that, we just grew organically. So, And we have a growing readership worldwide. I was in Germany a week ago at the meeting. Uh, of the German auto historians, and uh, I got a round of applause for the magazine, which was kind of nice. Well deserved. Thank you. And uh, we are hoping that the magazine will provide uh, joy and fun for the readers, introduce previously unknown aspects of automobile history to an eager public.
0: I love what you're doing. And now you originally grew up in what country? I originally grew up in Hungary. In Hungary. There's so many great parts to your story here. You were a young man interested in cars. You wrote articles that evolved into a career path around cars. I mean, you're the perfect guest here for cars. Yeah, people have wrapped their passion into automobiles, trucks and cars and things like that. And most people may think, oh, another magazine? Art magazines dying. Why would somebody do that? But you found a niche, and what I'm seeing in the magazine industry now is this transition. I've had plenty of publishers on the show from magazines of Avance here in the United States to Triple Zero with the Porsche, Pete Stout, uh, Magneto, Linkage now, uh, Wayne Carini just launched a magazine. Going to this new format of larger, more information, more beautiful, but not coming out every month because that limits to what you can talk about. I think you're falling into a neat niche. And, and listeners, if you go to the website, and we'll put a link to that on Pal's show notes page, you'll go, what? What kind of car is that? I mean, it's some really, really rare and unique things. It's it's so cool. And I love that you've fallen into this niche and you're creating something out of a very bad situation that the world had to face here uh, and still having to deal with a, a bit too today. But Fortunately, things seem to be getting better for us all. Wonderful story. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Is there a inspiration or a driving inspiration in your life, pal? Someone that was a key mentor that helped you move through your career path with automotive history and, and now into publishing a magazine? I mean, did you ever even think that you'd be doing this?
1: There are two people who I would like to mention here. One of them is David Cooper, who was on this show Yes. in the last few years. We got to know each other very well, and he's been one of the pillars of the magazine, one of the great supporters, and now he's the associate editor, and uh, he's been helping with me with various aspects. We are doing research projects together, and... uh, I really appreciate his uh, working at us and and the way he looks at uh, everything in life. So I I really appreciate that. The other person is uh, Tony Palman. Uh, Tony is a Dutch uh, classic car uh, dealer and we had some great journeys together, great projects together. And uh, he's also a supporter of uh, rare and unique vehicles. His advertisement is on the uh, back cover of every issue. Ah. And uh, his uh, knowledge of automobile history and his passion for these very early cars. He was at the at Concorde elegance a few years ago with a 1904 Aster, which was a very early French car. And it's just great how he deals with these very interesting, very early cars.
0: Oh, absolutely. Both great people for sure. Now, each of your issues, as I mentioned in your introduction, focus on a central theme. And then you've got this spin the globe section, which is really cool, that unique column. If we talk about the current issue that's out right now, what's the focus theme there?
1: Issue number three, which was published on the 10th of June, focuses on pre-war custom coach building with features on companies like uh, Smith & Weddington in Australia, FIOL in Spain, SAVE in Germany, and the list goes on because there are 16 articles on pre-war custom coach builders.
0: Wow. So you go very in-depth with these issues, right?
1: We try, and with... Uh, Smith Weddington is a great example of how the magazine comes together. Many years ago I found a photo album on one of the websites of an Australian museum, and it's a great photo album. And I had this stuck in my head that we have this photo album. And when the magazine came to be, I contacted the museum, they sent me all these great pictures. And then I found out that there are some cars surviving with Smith and Weddington bodies. Most of them are Rolls Royces, which is great, but we already had another Rolls Royce in the magazine, and I wanted something more rare and unique. And I realized that in 2009, somebody in New Zealand sold a Turkat Mary bodied by Smith and Weddington. And that sounded like a great candidate. But that was 2009, and every trace of that transaction disappeared from the net. Through a lot of great people at preworkcar.com and other people, I found a dealer in New Zealand and realized that the car came to Slovenia, of all places.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow.
1: Yeah. And uh, as we have contributors in Slovenia, the car was photographed and now it's in the magazine.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, this has got to be a bit of a detective work uh, for you and your team to investigate so many of these vehicles that have long since disappeared off the face of the earth, if you will, companies that came and go. But I think what's wonderful, and you learn this when you go to Concord events and you walk up to a car and you go, what's this? I've never even heard of this car. And an example I have is my daughter's name is Paige. And the first time I went to the Hershey car swap meet, which was long 20 plus years ago and marching through the mud looking at all the old car parts for sale this gentleman had a page and I went I've never even heard of a page what is it and now we've got the internet of course to look these things up and learn more about them and I remember buying a a little plaque off the radiator that I gave to my daughter when I came home with her name on it but what you're doing is enlightening us us our car enthusiasts to these very, very unique vehicles. And I really want to thank you and your team for what you're doing because even looking on your website, what is that? I've never seen <laughs> anything like that before. And it spurs imagination and passion. And you never know, listeners, when you start to learn about these old cars, you may fall in love. Be careful. And then you go on this hunt to see if you can find one or anything <laughs> about them. So uh, this publication is a way to do it. We're going to take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about a challenge that you faced. Could be in starting this new career path for you right now. So keep the seatbelts on in whatever, whatever unique old car you're driving today. And we'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett Jackson collector car auctions. And I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought after, unique, and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett Jackson auctions is contagious and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars, yeah, is pleased to team up with Tech Force Foundation, our charity of choice, in bringing scholarships technical education and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today so pal let's talk about a big challenge now obviously we were met with the pandemic but you looked at that and said Okay, I'm gonna go nuts if I'm just sitting around doing nothing. I'm gonna do something, and I've heard this from a lot of great guests during the pandemic, or if you go back to the economic crisis in two thousand seven, eight, and nine, people that want to do something with their lives say, "This isn't gonna get me. I'm gonna find a way around it." And that's what you did. My hats off to you for that. Let's talk Thank about you. a big. You're welcome. Let's talk about a big challenge. Uh, for instance, getting into the publication business. Oh my goodness, that had to have a few <laughs> challenges for you
1: yes but uh, it wasn't it wasn't actually that difficult uh, the challenge i which I, I would like to mention here one challenge yes and that was uh, a bit over 20 years ago i finished i graduated from university and was looking for a a career path mm-hmm. and um, i was just finishing this classical magazine in Hungary. And I was looking for something with, where I could earn some real money. So a friend of mine uh, got me this great project manager job at an internet company. And uh, I've been on the internet since 1993. I had my first website up in 1995. Wow. So I know about websites. I know about the internet. I ha- I I can organize things. What could go wrong? Everything. Oh, Everything. Yeah. Everything which could... Uh, within half a year, I got an ulcer and a broken mobile phone because of uh, heated discussions with the management. Mm. Let's put it that way. And um, so that, that put an end to my project manager career. But this in turn, after a mm-hmm. little hiccup led to another company which i set up uh, 17 years ago which is an automotive industry consultancy and it's still it is still around and this is now my life about uh, data it whether it's historical data researching cars for the magazine researching history of hungarian automobile industry Everything is about finding the data,
0: wow, well, you have a good talent for turning lemonade from lemons, my friend I love that the that this part of our talk because these challenges when you look at things differently can lead to really great things, and they typically do uh, and in your case, uh, most definitely you've got that one figured out, so very cool when you look ahead to let 's say a bucket list item for yourself, is there I have a feeling your bucket is full of a, lot of a lot of stones, things you want to do. Is there one thing in particular you'd like to share today that looking into the future you'd really like to accomplish?
1: One thing I have in mind is to be able to be a lecturer at the American college or university and uh, teach automobile history, let's say to Central and East European automobile history to american students that's one of my goals
0: well you know there's uh some great schools here in the united states that uh definitely focus on that kind of thing or they have areas uh that kind of field. So maybe I can make some introductions uh, to some people that have been on on the show here before. That sounds like a a great thing to do, teaching young people about the history of automobiles. Anything in history is so, so important uh, that it's taught correctly and properly uh, so people really know where things have come from. I, I always like to ask my guests about a special vehicle in their life, a story about that vehicle. Is there a car, truck, motorcycle that stands out for you? This happened again a week
1: a little bit more than a week ago at this meeting I m- mentioned previously of the German auto historians I got the chance to sit in the May Kafer. The May Kafer was made in 1931 by Josef Ganz. Basically Kafer translates as uh, Maybug. Ah. And this was uh, one of the forerunners of the Volkswagen Beetle.
0: Ah. Yeah. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Yes.
1: Okay, this was built in 1931 featuring a motorcycle engine and uh, a backbone chassis. So the theory was the same as with uh, the Beetle later on. And this prototype was uh, tested by Professor Ferdinand Porsche, Professor Paul Jarry. So I was basically sitting in the same seat where... Decades ago, Ferdinand Porsche said. And the, the owner, Dieter Dressel, who owns Central Garage in Germany, a great automobile museum, had this idea that in 1931, Josef Gantz did a marketing stunt and he went under a trailer with the car and he thought about uh, doing something similar. So there was a barrier nearby, and we went under the barrier.
0: <laughs> in fact, I'm going to put a link to that video on uh, Pal's show notes page, so you can see that. You know, the, you look at that car; it looks like almost like a little kid's car in a way. You two had to uh, sit in close quarters uh, to be next to each other. But what a for a historian like you, that must have been an amazing moment of your life. Yes. Yes. Wow.
1: The significance of the car and uh, seeing it up close and personal was really special and I'm very very grateful to the owner of allowing me to ride shotgun with him and participate in this experience
0: it's incredible to me the car even exists still, it's still around has it been restored over time?
1: yes, it was owned by a legendary German historian uh, Graf uh, Wolf Metternich and uh, he died a few years ago he, he was one of the best known German historians and while the car was in his ownership it was restored once but uh, it has been restored again recently and in fact this was the first ride with the car after
0: restoration oh wow and you got to sit in the car and ride along so I love this next question. I'm going to get into your mind a little bit here. If you were manifest as a vehicle, given all this history knowledge that you have, but who you are as a person, pal, what would you be? But more importantly, why?
1: The answer to this question is fairly easy. I asked the question, asked this question from my wife. What do you think which car I would reborn? <laughs> and she knew, she, she knew the answer immediately. Okay, uh, do you know the, probably some of the listeners know the La Jama Contan A replica is in the Lane Motor Museum. Mm. La Jama Contan was an electric uh, racing car built in 1899 and this was the first car which uh, crossed the 100 kilometer per hour uh, threshold.
0: Ah, Okay, history making.
1: Le, Le jamais content means never satisfied.
0: Ah, okay.
1: <laughs> That's me, never satisfied.
0: <laughs> always wanting to learn. Yeah. Yes. Well, I really what a great answer to that question. Very you got the idea of that question very clearly and you're always wise to ask your wife. Uh cuz they always know us best, right? Absolutely. Are there some ways, and and this is almost a bit redundant to ask this question of you because you want to teach history. You've done this your whole life. Your magazine is teaching us history about these very obscure, unique vehicles that many of us have never heard of nor seen pictures of before. Is that your way of giving back to others and helping the automotive sector?
1: Partly, increasingly, Uh, let's say that. (laughs) I also have a few other websites. Uh, where I try to inform and uh, educate people. There's one about uh, automobile museums worldwide, uh, automuseums.info, which lists uh, over uh, 1100 collections from 67 countries. Th- There's a Hungarian language website which deals with the history of uh, Hungarian uh, automobile and motorcycle history. There's an English-language website, C auto Classic which deals with the history of Central and East European region. So I'm trying, since 1995, when I set up my first website, which was about auto history, I'm trying to teach mostly Hungarian, but now the worldwide audience about uh, fascinating and unknown aspects of automobile history.
0: Absolutely. I'll make sure I put links to all these on PAL's Cars yeah show notes page. And you just go to Cars yeah and type in PAL, P-A-L. It's his first name. Spelling of his last name is N-E-G-Y-E-S-A. But if you just put PAL in there, he's the only PAL who's been a guest on the show. And uh, his page will pop right up. And I'll put links to all those so that you can go and experience those. Is there a great book you'd like to share with us that you've read?
1: There was... Uh great author uh, Michael Sedgwick Uh, he was the librarian at the National Motor Museum in the UK back in the 70s and early 1980s and he did a series of books one of those was cars of the 1930s and the British has a certain style of writing and uh, this book is the absolute epitome of that, that you can transfer information you can publish an incredible amount of information in a very fun easygoing humorous way
0: i'll make sure i put a link to that michael sedgwick cars of the 1930s and i'm sure you listeners can also find his other uh, books as well to enjoy We'll take one more short break, pal. We come back. We're going to go on what I like to call the ultimate drive. Now, you just took one of those in that beautiful little vehicle that you shared with us, but maybe the ultimate drive for you looks like something even more spectacular. So keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. (laughs) I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code cars, yeah when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, pal, I'm going to let you go on the ultimate drive, which means you get to pick the vehicle, which this should be very interesting given your historic knowledge of automobiles. You get to pick... Who you're with? This could be somebody living or deceased. Where are you going to be going? Who's driving? So, what does this very rare and unique ultimate drive look like for you?
1: Well, this may surprise a lot of people, but it's a very well-known car to the American listeners. It's a Mercer raceabout. Oh yes. And uh, this particular Mercer raceabout once belonged to Henry Austin Clark Jr and to the collection of the Long Island Auto Museum. And uh, I would like, if time travel would exist, I would like to sit down with Henry Austin Clark Jr. and talk about automobile history research.
0: Yeah, wouldn't that be fun?
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you recall his collection of uh, over a ton, ton of material, was donated uh, to the Benson Ford Research Center within the Henry Ford.
0: Incredible. That would be something, wouldn't it? Now, would you be at the wheel or would he be at the wheel?
1: He would be at the he wheel. He would be at the wheel. He would be at the wheel. As I understand from the biographies I read about him he was a very interesting character and uh, he was uh, uh, he wrote the standard catalog of American cars together with Beverly Ray Kimes and uh, he was just an absolutely magnificent researcher
0: no kidding yeah Uh, it sounds like it especially when you think about uh, everything that he donated Um, you said it was over a ton of material yes wow Wow. And, and that's the, uh, is that the type 35 R race about? Is that the yes. car? Yeah. The, yes. It's yellow, right?
1: Uh, uh, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think I've seen that vehicle. I, I want, do they get that out to Concord events and so forth?
1: To be honest, I don't know where the car resides today, but uh, it would be exciting to find out.
0: Yeah, I think so. Sounds spectacular. Nice choice. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful journey here, pal, and I want to encourage listeners to check out rare and unique vehicles magazine because you're going to learn things that you didn't even know you wanted to learn when you you flip through the pages and look at the incredible in-depth articles and pictures and stories uh, pal has put together an amazing team of of writers and photographers historians here to bring these cars back to life for all of us before i let you go pal could you share maybe a parting word of wisdom uh advice for our listeners today
1: not so much as an advice as something I live by. There is a saying I know it in Hungarian. Probably it exists in English. All I need. All we need to be happy is a good monomania. <laughs> and uh, yeah.
0: Could you give us? Could you say that in your native tongue in Hungarian so we can hear what it sounds like?
1: Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a boldogsághoz nem kell más, csak egy kis rögesme.
0: There you go. Beautiful. Well, again, listeners, you can go to their website, rareandunique.media. That's where you'll find them. Or if you're driving or, or on a bike or running right now, you can just go to the Car Show website, type pal in the search bar, P-A-L, and you'll find his website or his page on my website and uh, links to his website. Check out Rare and Unique Vehicles. Absolutely spectacular. I mean, the things that I've learned just in my short relationship with Pal here have been amazing, uh, very very cool, and uh, a shout out to our our good mutual friend here, Gabor Meyer, who uh, sent those original pictures. And then he's the guy that seemed to have kicked this whole thing off, and uh, he's the one who introduced us. So uh, thank you very much for that, uh, Gabor. That's very kind of you, pal. Thank you for being so generous today with your time and incredible expertise. I think I could crawl into your head and spend hours there learning about these old vehicles, and for sharing your experiences in this new publication with us today. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you very much. See you soon, hopefully.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to Carsia.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up!